0: more than ever we are in need to share the gospel and church at the mill can't wait to do that with you in this podcast series where we talk about who we are as a church and what we value join us for this spiritual and financial journey more than ever
1: hello and welcome to the more than ever podcast i'm your host and senior pastor of church at the mill dj horton and I'm so excited for you to join me today in today's discussion. I hope you've been following along. This is not the first podcast that we dropped in this journey called More Than Ever, which is a spiritual uh, a leadership and a financial journey and campaign our church is on. And we wanted to use that as an opportunity to begin providing not only the weekly uploading of our preaching ministry, but also just some conversations that we think will be beneficial. And we think they're beneficial whether or not you're a member of Church at the Mill, maybe you're checking us out, and perhaps you just love church and you're passionate about God's body, His believers, He's gathered around the world. You may be a church leader from a sister church, or you may be someone who has just found this podcast and find it encouraging. No matter how you describe yourself, uh, on behalf of me and our entire church, thank you so much for listening to this series of uh, conversations that we're having. So more than ever, of course, is an opportunity for our church to really galvanize our vision. And so we've kind of wrapped these podcasts around going deeper in a casual conversation with some incredibly um, mature and insightful members of our church, members of leadership, members of other churches. And our vision at Church at the Mill is to be uh, remarkably healthy, That's part of how we're talking about who we are as a church. We want to be deeply faithful, remarkably healthy, and highly impactful. And we believe that God's also called us to do that in a multi-site context. So when you piece all those phrases together, we are saying continuously and consistently, Church of the Mill desires to be a deeply faithful, remarkably healthy, highly impactful, multi-site church. But today... I'm joined by two of my favorite people to talk specifically about the phrase remarkably healthy. What does it mean to be a church that's healthy? I think for many of us, we kind of know it when we see it, sense it, smell it, but it's good to articulate what that looks like, what that does not look like, And what can we learn from this discussion? Now, joining me today are members, two members, of our leadership team. They serve on staff with me here at Church at the Mill, Tanya Jones and Daniel Godfrey. Tanya, introduce yourself.
0: Yes, I am Tanya Jones, and I have been a member of Church at the Mill for about 12 years and been on staff for seven years. And I am part of the biblical counseling team. And um, the things I love to do are my grandchildren, my grandchildren, my grandchildren, (laughs) camping and loving on people. Those are my greatest things. Those are your passions. Those are my passions. Other than Christ, they're near the top of the list. That's
1: what you think about. That's what you daydream about. That's right. I do do not daydream about any of my grandchildren because I don't have any. And I like Hampton Inns when I go camping, so I don't know if if we could camp together, but uh, we definitely could spend some time outside together. So, Daniel, tell us about yourself.
2: Well, I've been serving as the associate pastor at the Woodruff campus for a little over a year now and Mm -hmm. enjoying what God is doing, being a part of what He's doing there in Woodruff. That's actually where I grew up, so it's... uh, Neat opportunity the Lord has given me to be able to serve there in my hometown. It's rapidly growing, rapidly changing. Yeah. And just excited about how
1: I see Him at work through our church ministries. Yeah. You know, Daniel, your story is pretty cool because when you and I met, we were peers because you're serving our Woodruff campus. And for those of you listeners who might not live in the upstate, you might not be familiar with the Spartanburg area that we are in. Woodruff is a small town south of us at our central campus here located just outside of Spartanburg, but it is a small town quickly exploding with growth. Daniel's a proud son of Woodruff, but you're also someone who has a very variance in your pastoral ministry. Talk about the other positions you've served the Lord in the kingdom. Amen.
2: Well, I served in Spartanburg at a church called Converse Baptist for five years when I after I graduated seminary. Then I moved on to Airwood Baptist Church, served there for 10 years, and had an opportunity to serve as the director of missions
1: for the Broad River Baptist Association in Gaffney for four years. And those two previous positions you mentioned, you were the senior pastor. Yes, sir. Yeah, and you know, uh, I know, Daniel, when I first met you, I noticed your love for people. You and Tanya are the kind of people who that's pretty uh, easy to find. So when you think about what a church needs to look like for it to achieve that desire of being remarkably healthy, Tanya, when you think about a healthy church, uh, without the need to constrain yourself to using certain phrases or terms, what comes to your mind?
0: And one of the things that comes first, and this may sound like church answer, DJ, but Mm -hmm. the gospel is preached, the gospel is preached, the gospel is preached, Mm. and it is interwoven in every time you open the Bible, just like you do, and I'm sure that Daniel does as well. I think that's a huge part. I also think us caring for our people, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we're supposed to be soul care. That's mm-hmm. what the church's job is, right. and if we don't, then people will go outside of yeah. that um, and looking for other answers, and then we become a church that is relying upon people going to self-care and going to therapies outside of God's Word. That's not and soul care. It's not soul care. That's yeah. exactly right. It doesn't deliver. It doesn't deliver, and then, and also in that, in people caring for people
1: yeah. and,
0: and, and actually taking an interest in who they are and, and their growth. That's where discipleship comes in our role as leading people and sharing with them. And also, DJ, I've seen this, and I'm sure you may have as well. Mm. Churches are getting away from actually teaching people what it means to learn God's Word and yeah. how to learn God's Word. Yeah. And so as a church, we need to do that. We need to offer them and not be scared of the words like theology or Holy Spirit or the Trinity. People mm. need to know that, and I think we're we're bleeding and, and internally in the church, because mm. we don't know those things. Yeah. And so when you ask someone, what does it mean to be a, a believer? A lot of people don't know how to answer that. Mm. Or a lot of people will say, um, is Jesus real? And yes, he was a good teacher, but that's it. Mm. And those are people who are evangelicals, and they mm-hmm. don't know how to answer questions.
1: I love the fact that you connect health to truth, because... I think naturally, when we're loving people, as you both are, that's why I ask you to be here with me. You're very good at caring for other people. Um, you know, I think average, the average person will say, oh, a healthy church is a church full of people that just love on one another. Mm-hmm. The, the reality is, is that um, the world knows how to create organizations where you where you just show kindness and affection toward one another for various reasons. People can gather around causes, whether they're in an army or on a team or in a book reading club. But but the difference is ours is a love based on truth, Truth. which speaks to the soul. Daniel, in all your years, you grew up in church like me. You and I have believing parents, and then you obviously felt called to ministry. You pastored two churches very faithfully. You also pastored pastors. That's really what a director of mission does. For those of you listening that might not be familiar with that term, it's one within the Southern Baptist Convention. And they are not always built around counties, but but typically a county or a region will have a, a director of mission who who helps all of the churches in that area coordinate. But he also ends up becoming an ear and a shoulder to a lot of pastors. So that's a that's quite an experience for a guy as young and as handsome as you are. But uh, when you think about healthy church, what comes to your mind?
2: I think about an upward focus. Church is about God. It's about worshiping Him. Uh, saturating our minds with His Word, an Mm. upward focus on God, and so many churches that aren't healthy have lost that upward focus, and they've lost an outward focus. An upward focus on God certainly leads you to an outward focus to people around you, people in your community, and Mm. there's a sense of urgency with a church that's healthy. I see that in our church. There's a sense of urgency to get the gospel to as many people as we can while we still have time.
1: Yeah, and both of you tied in the discussion of the gospel because it is the most uh, loving thing I know. Mm. And, and i don't just mean i don't just mean first and foremost in my thought toward lost people it, it consumes my thoughts of god toward me mm-hmm. you know that 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 he would redeem us set us free from our sin fill us with his spirit give us a purpose and a hope and the absolute security of heaven you know right now even as we're recording this podcast the nation of israel is under attack and it's just yet another conflict to remind us that there is a battle Between good and evil, and people's lives, including ours, are not guaranteed, but my eternal life is. And so, if a body of believers have that hope, how could they remain in unhealth? When you think about unhealthy churches, again, I'm not asking you so that we can be critical, but I think it's important to be accurate. What comes to your mind when you think about churches that lose their spiritual health? Daniel?
2: I think their their focus turns inward and being comfortable rather than what God has called us to do is to die to self, take up our cross daily and follow Him. And so unhealthy churches have lost sight of the Great Commission, uh, the Great Commandment, loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That requires total surrender. And I think we're... We like our comfort. We like just doing enough just to get by. Mm. What do you think, Tanya? It's I an think church.
0: Sometimes they beca- try to become so culturally relevant mm-hmm. uh, that they get all focused on what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they do that in the name of love, yeah. and they, they are misguided. So I think that's a huge thing. Yeah. Once we start getting culturally relevant, then we start accepting things that are not of Christ and we yeah. get off of that. I
1: think we saw that recently with the whole Andy Stanley controversy. Right. You that's know, right. I mm-hmm. I listened to his response to the right criticism of uh, a, a terrible error that I think his church is making. And, and when I say his church, I don't mean his congregates. I mean the leadership primarily under him. Um, uh, Al Moeller kind of led the charge on that because he has the voice of, of conservative Christians, but uh in, in his response to it, I heard uh, Pastor Stanley mention a great deal about loving a community, mm-hmm. but there was no discussion of repentance, mm. of sin, of God's standard for human sexuality. And so it becomes a message of middle, muddy compromise. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that that ultimately, you know, helps, helps anybody. Mm-hmm. One of the, questions I think we have to uh, acknowledge at Church at the Mill is that, you know, by God's grace, we've been experiencing tremendous growth. Now, I, I think, I know, Daniel, you did. I know I did. And, and Tanya, you may have as well. I, I grew up in smaller churches. Uh, my father pastored churches of 50 and 60. We If we had 80, that was a big day, you know. And one of the things that that we did not have to work at was community. And we know that in a remarkably healthy church, there is genuine community. It's not fake, it's not a facade. And you can absolutely go to a small church that that's disingenuous. I'm not saying that all small churches are filled with love and health and happiness. I've, I've seen some terribly conflicted, divided churches that didn't have many people. And most churches that become unhealthy end up being small because they, they lose their way, and they lose their focus, and they quit reaching people. But when you're in a church like ours, where we're just seeing so many people come to the Lord, and so many people come back to the Lord, and so many people come to our church, you know, one of our enemies is, is that scale can be a real challenge for community. You know, Daniel, having pastored churches that were in a different context than Church at the Mill, and now you are an associate pastor and that lead soul caregiver in our Woodruff campus, which is, of course, a campus off of the central campus. What what have you seen in the challenges of a large church in that, and what do we do to counter it?
2: Well, thankfully, we have our small groups that help minister to those in our church, so we don't want anybody to fall through the cracks. We have some processes in place to where we try to contact all of our members, stay in touch with them, and and developing other leaders is key. Something I've seen in this context to to help with that scale. Just keep developing other leaders because God wants us all to be a part of His mission. And that's where we find most
1: satisfaction and fulfillment in doing what He's called us to do. And that's loving Him and loving others. Mm, That's good. Tanya, what about you? you You've seen large churches lose their way. You've seen churches struggle. You've seen churches flourish when you think about a church that sees a tremendous amount of people, how do we remain or push toward, we haven't arrived? How do we continue to be remarkably healthy?
0: Well, and I think Daniel touched on this in the two greatest commandments God gave us, to mm-hmm. love him more mm-hmm. than anything and to love others. And that is key. Mm. And reaching out, not, not shadowing yourself and keeping you hidden because you're mm-hmm. afraid of these people, step out. Yeah. But as members and as staff we reach out to people. We love them, mm-hmm. and we speak truth to them, and we train them, and we give them genuine care in their life. Yeah. And that's where it. we can stay small in a big, big church. And I've heard people say that mm-hmm. about Church at the Mill specifically, yeah. that it's a big church, mm-hmm. but it's a small church within, yeah. because we've created those communities of people who care yeah. about each other. I don't know everybody. Right. I, I can't know everyone, mm-hmm. but I can invest in those God's placed in front of me and train them and give them specific training on how to love on people, how to love God well. And then they will go out and multiply that.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things I always say to people who may be struggling, you know, we pastor, it's it's so large, we don't know everybody anymore. We do de- how do we get connected? You know, I, I always say, Well, you, number one, don't put pressure on yourself to know everybody. Mm-hmm. Initially, I'm not gonna know everybody in heaven. You know, I, I really hope heaven's big. Really mm-hmm. do. Um, but but secondly, you're going to have to develop a church within your church, a community. And I love what you said in that, you know, the answer is not to hire more pastors and put more work on them. It's to develop more leaders within the church to care for one another and to and to minister to each other. But to Tanya's point, our lay people cannot do what they don't see in uh, emulated, um, exemplified in their leaders. In fact, Paul says on several occasions, emulate me as I emulate Christ. And so I think for me, the key is, is, am I loving people well? And I can't love 5,000 people well. I can preach faithfully to them. But am I loving the 50 people in my inner circle well? And and how can I do that? When you, when you think about our church's health, um, how do we get healthier? We haven't arrived. When you dream about our church and becoming even more effective at people's soul care, what would you like to see? No pressure. What would you like to see?
0: I would love to see our staff continue to do exactly what you challenge us to do and growing closer to the Lord ourselves. Mm -hmm. And are we doing that? And I think a healthy staff will create a membership that is healthy because they see us doing those things yeah. and we're called to do that. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see us do even better at that, even yeah. though we're doing well. Sure. Um, I think that challenging those people who are around us to understand that they can know God's word. We're getting ready to do a, a book in our small group, uh, You Are a Theologian by mm. JT English yeah. and Jen Wilkin. Yeah. And just people understanding, again, encouraging them mm-hmm. to to know who God is and fall in love with him. Yeah, And, because we're a big church doesn't mean we have to stop doing that. That's right. We even do it even more. And mm-hmm. I think also something more I would love to see us do, and we do it well already, is sending people out on mission. Yeah. Sending them not only on mission to go on a, go for a week, yeah. but— That's their life. That's their ministry. They go into ministry. And so it's doing that.
1: One of the signs of health is reproduction. Mm -hmm. You know, healthy organisms reproduce. We want to reproduce. Mm -hmm. Daniel, when you think about where we need to go, what we can do better, how can we be more faithful? One of
2: our leadership cultural principles is prayer trumps plans. And I know that we're only as healthy as our prayer life and, mm. and Jesus is our our source of power, our source of effectiveness and fruitfulness, he says in John 15, without me you can do nothing. Mm. And so just to really becoming more dependent, not that we aren't, but we can always grow in our dependency upon God in prayer. And and I think of that passage in James five where it says the fervent prayer of a righteous man mm. availeth much. Our prayers need to be more fervent. We we need to see the task at hand as more urgent than I think many are looking at in our day and time. There, yeah. There's a great urgency to what we do. One thing we can't do in heaven, I heard from a book one time, is we won't share the gospel with lost souls. So we need to be fervent in prayer. And as we spend time as Jesus, often throughout the gospels, Mark 1 35 says, a great while before daybreak, Jesus got up, left the house, went to a solitary place where he prayed. Luke's gospel was saturated with Jesus' prayer life. Often Jesus withdrew to lonely places where he prayed. He spent the night praying, he was modeling for us what it takes to really have power and and, and impact and effectiveness. Mm-hmm. And it all flows out of our relationship with Christ. I've heard you say that many times. We're only as good as our last quiet time, right? Yep. Our time with the Lord. That's and, right. and and that's that's an area that that many of us would confess that we struggle in, but that is the that's the that's the source of our power and effectiveness, is our time in God's word and time with God in prayer.
1: I think, you, I, love, I love this so much. My heart resonates as I listen to both of you talk. It makes you want to put both of you in charge of this whole thing. But I, you know, I, um, our knee jerk reaction is, you know, how do we care for one another? Oh, we need systems and processes and visitation lists and call. We love systems and processes, we need those. I know this, if I am where I need to be with the Lord, I love people around me better my greatest contribution to the health of a church is from my walk with my Savior to be healthy and robust and growing. And, you know, one of the things that we've come in contact with, I know we both, all three of us have, because we've been in ministry for a long time. There are a lot of people who have church hurt. You know, they get involved and they get hurt. And I've learned a long time ago that church hurt comes in all kinds of shapes. And I've seen people who are just extraordinarily immature and they had unrealistic expectations of what church should do in their life. Church can't be your Savior. You know, only the Lord can. I've seen situations where church leaders have genuinely failed, and that's created excuses in people's lives and where they've been hurt. What would you say to someone who says, you know, remarkably healthy sounds good, but Daniel, Tanya, you don't know what my experience is like. You, You don't know what I went through. You don't know how I felt when I went through this or that. How do you help someone deal with church hurt, Tanya?
0: I think I think the first thing is to remind them not to generalize mm. uh, that just because one church or leader has hurt you that all churches are that way. Right. So give them a chance. Number 1. Number 2, also in love, ask them to look at their own heart. What 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 issue might have been going on at that time with them? Mm. And then how can they approach that from from there? Mm. Because them growing in their holiness is only going to make them better regardless of what church That's right. that they're at. And you mentioned a word expectations mm-hmm. and what are their expectations. I would talk that through them with that and see what are they looking for mm-hmm. when they go to visit a church, sit down with a leader and say, listen, I've had some hurt in sure. my life. Um, tell, I just want to share that with you. And how do, how do you guys handle that as well? And then I, just like we just talked about them pursuing their own holiness, be the person, be the people that you're wanting to see around you and the reaction that you want Mm. around you. That would be my example. That's good.
1: Daniel, you add anything to that? I would say don't
2: let your past hurt prevent you from receiving the present help that you receive through Mm. the church and Mm. and learning about your future hope in the church. So many people are missing out on what God provides for His people in the church. I know it's not about us, but God has given the church as a a gift to His body to help us. I can't imagine my life without the church. Certainly not. And so I see so many people that have had past hurts that use that as an excuse as I'm out talking to people. But we've seen people even at our campus since I've been there that have come to church after some hurt. And once they get there, some of those ideas that they had in their head are erased when they feel the love, they hear the preaching of God's Word, they see the worship. And my heart breaks for people. I want people to be a part of what we get to experience every Sunday as the body of Christ gathered together. And uh, I'm seeing many many people come who— Having church backgrounds, and they're
1: saying, "Hey, this is not what I thought it was." Yeah. So praise God for that. Amen. You know, I love I love when you think about asking them their why. Why, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. You know. So 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 regardless of people who failed me, I have a King who died for me. That's right. And He made me a part of His body. And you know, I always remind myself too when I get discouraged. Uh, God God has a really high view of His church. Mm-hmm. I mean, He loved her so much that he died for, calls her his bride. Mm-hmm. And the Scripture speaks of her in the blood of Christ as pure and mm-hmm. without blemish and holy. And I, I for one, uh, am a man very proud of my wife. Tony, I know your husband is. Yes. Daniel, I know you're very proud of your wife. And Daniel and I both are president and vice president of the club that married above ourselves. <laughs> um, but, uh, But, you know, when I speak of my wife, when I'm not joking or tongue in cheek, I I admire her, I love her, and I, I, w- I want other people to esteem her, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I know that my ability to love her is very limited compared to our Heavenly Father, mm-hmm. and He loves His church. And so I think it's important for people to recognize anything that the Lord loves, I should love, mm-hmm. and whatever He wants for His church I should want. And he wants his church to be healthy. You know, to be strong, to be effective, you know, as we grow forward. I, I would also say, just, just one last closing question. As you, as you think about church health, if someone's listening to this podcast and 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 they and they're serious about their walk with the Lord, what is something that comes to your mind that they could do to make their church healthier?
0: I think it's the things that we've already said that they they get serious about their relationship with God and with Christ mm. and start having their time with Him and knowing who He is. Mm. One of the things that's a pet peeve of mine is people to be flippant about the church. Yeah, um, that they don't take it seriously. Yeah. That we saw that with COVID, people are now watching online, and I know that some people have to do that. Sure, but making it a priority. That's right. It's is not a huge.
1: place to be once it's a week. It's not a
0: place. It's a body. And so I would say challenge people. They're quite yeah. time, but then yeah. also challenge families that that's a first priority. It's Vacations priority. are great, sure. that kind of thing. But when we get to where, oh, I just don't feel like it, I'm going to squatch it online, yeah. it's not the same as being in a corporate worship. No. The place that God loves so much.
1: That's exactly right.
0: It will bind your family together, it mm-hmm. will pull you closer to Him, and it will pull community closer yeah. as well.
1: That's so, good. Tony, yeah. that'll preach. I got mm-hmm. to give you a Sunday, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. I would say
2: going to the source of our health together as a church, a group of people, if it's a smaller church that's struggling and I've been in those positions as a director of missions, churches that godly people but they're just not growing, they don't they don't know why. Mm-hmm. And I've seen churches begin to just pray and begin to do things that Jesus clearly told us in his revealed word to go out and minister to your community, something as simple as praying for your neighbors, getting outside the walls of your church. I've heard of some great success stories of churches that were dying and God sent him a leader that said, "Hey, let's 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 pray and let's go. Let's go out and serve mm. our community. See our community. When you when you pray on site, oftentimes it gives you insight. Gives yeah. you a, a burden. I think about Jesus when he saw the crowds; he was moved with compassion for them. Yeah. And I think that certainly helps restore that compassion that that vision of seeing the lostness.
1: Well, you know, one of the things that we know about health, just in human terms, is health leads to movement mm-hmm. you know unhealthy things are static they set steel uh, if you go to a nursing home those are people at the end of their life their body is not what it once was and so uh that there there may be some form of exercise but it does not look anything similar to elementary school when you open those doors at recess and those kids run out like like wild animals they can't wait to get out because they, they have so much energy and I, I see that in 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 my dogs my dogs are great pets but as bird dogs they're happiest when they're hunting mm-hmm. and they because that's what they were bred to do and you know when you think about the church god's body was meant to threaten the gates of hell that's right. That's right. to to go after people and uh, to move like that doesn't mean we're not going to bump into each other we're we're going to make mistakes we're going i tell people all the time if if you look for a perfect church the perfect pastor keep moving right. uh but but um if you want to be a part of something healthy, come join us in the gospel. And that's important. I'm glad you two have joined me Amen. in serving Church at the Mill. And, you know, I just count it an honor to see what God is doing. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast, I hope you've enjoyed this brief discussion. And I, I just want you to take Tanya and Daniel's challenge to your heart. Uh, I I don't know if you're a member of Church of the Mill or another sister church, but don't just attend. Don't just go. Don't don't just drop some money in the plate. Those things matter. Uh, Even signing up to serve can make a difference, but it's how you come. And when you walk into your church, go into it to say, I'm going to make this place healthier because of my commitment to Christ. And out of the overflow of my walk with God, I want to love people well. That's what we want to do at Church at the Mill, to be deeply faithful, remarkably healthy, and to make sure that we are a highly impactful multi-site church. Stay tuned to our next podcast. We'll be dropping more content soon. If you've enjoyed this, share it, like it, and let others know about it. That means so much to us. Until next time, may the Lord bless you.